I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hi! Hello, how are you? I am okay. I want to talk about something happy, like the HP world and how we're introduced to it. It just makes us all so happy, doesn't it? <laughs> it helps to block out the reality around us. So <laughs> let us focus on it. Let us bitch about nerdery. So I feel the need to preface this breakdown. Oh. <laughs> and I do address this actually more than once in my notes. Um, but I, I say our first introduction to like at least a dozen times. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I wrote something like three times the other day. Like I was writing my notes too and I kept writing like deliberates and I was like, okay, you've said that five times now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we are stunning linguists. Sure. That's not what this is for at all. We're not trying to be smart. We're just trying to be nerds who complain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What'd you got? So the scene fades into King's Cross Station as Hagrid is escorting Harry to the Hogwarts Express. Um, he literally immediately exclaims, Blimey, is that the time? Like, girl, come on, get your life together. Which I wrote, but he pulled out his pocket watch to say that. I go, I'm sorry, wouldn't there have been number one clocks everywhere? And number two, wouldn't you be on a schedule <laughs> trying to get right, this like in knew he to had the to train? Get by 11 o'clock. Like, yeah, it's the same time every year. And you're escorting a kid to get him there. Plus, doesn't he have to get back to greet them? Which also, how does he... Oh, never mind. Okay, we'll talk about that. Okay, so I immediately have a book bitch here. Okay. And that it's always bothered me here that we have zero sense of how much time has passed between the last scene and this one. Like, um, there's, there's an implication that perhaps they stayed overnight at the Leaky Cauldron yes. and then left for King's Cross in the morning. But pause, because it is very firm canon that the Hogwarts Express leaves at 11 o'clock on September 1st. September 1st. So how does it jump from his birthday to... Right. So, canon is that Harry's birthday is July 31st. No, So, August just didn't exist. Yeah? I, did, I wrote that. I said, I, presumably they came straight from Leaky Cauldron, question mark? But I did say, also, we missed that um, we never got the snarky Dursley, Dursley moment of mocking the ticket and then right. dropping him off because they had to go to London. Yep, of being like, oh, well, good luck. Yeah, that's a bummer. Oh, and I said dropping him off and cackling after they <laughs> dropped him. Because that would have been a moment where you really hate this family, where they drop an 11-year-old child at a train station and go, good luck, bye, and they left laughing. Okay, but isn't that basically what Hagrid does? <laughs> like, that's actually my next note here. Like, he babbles on about needing to leave and then just thrusts the ticket into Harry's hand. Sorry, the other cut. Stick to your ticket. Like, yeah. Seriously? That's all the guidance you're going to offer an 11-year-old is you leave him alone in the middle <laughs> of the London equivalent of Grand Central Station. I said, Hagrid then evaporates, question mark? This... <laughs> <laughs> I said, this poor fucking kid. Just right. the last 24 to maybe 48 hours. Dear God. <laughs> We're not going to give him any information about having to walk through a fucking wall. Nothing. Nope. Like, That's no, not he'll, pro he'll probably be okay, I guess. It'll, he'll figure I, it out, I'm sure. It's cool. Not knowing what a muggle was 10 minutes ago, but sure. <laughs> uh, Harry quickly looks down at his ticket and sees the issue and replies, but Hagrid, there must be some mistake. 
and he looks up at Hagrid, and Hagrid is just fucking gone. I'm sorry, can he disapparate now? Like you said, he's just dissolved? Yeah. Like, that large-ass man did not go anywhere that quickly. That's what I said. I'm like, it's a pretty big dude to just, like, run off and scurry somewhere like you can see him. Oh, which, by the way, speaking of that, I did say... When he's walking across the like little overpass thing at King's Cross Station, he does that little line of "What are you looking at?" to the Muggle. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I like that that little nod. I said it was like a little nod to how he would have been perceived out in public. Right. Like the whole bit we get in the book about like on the underground, he took up like a whole bench and <laughs> he parted crowds easily because he was so huge. Like I like that little nod, but it just kind of felt like him looking like a dick. <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> Keeps walking. <laughs> And that's exactly how it comes off. No. So Harry's left alone, an 11-year-old in the middle of a, <laughs> an enormous train station. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's fine. Um, he strolls along the platform between tracks 9 and 10 and kind of hopelessly looks around <laughs> for any indication of where <laughs> he's supposed to be going. Um, he goes up to a conductor, as any lost child would. Mm-hmm. JK, I never would have had the balls to do that. Oh, I, I still don't go ask people for directions. I don't know if it's oh. a guy thing or if it's just like I'm whatever. But We're too Midwestern will... and we're afraid of inconveniencing other people. Absolutely. I will suffer in silence for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I said this poor fucking kid train station dude is then an asshole to him. He is a child alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the conductor just blows him off because he thinks he's being a little twat. The way that I would have I would have thought the same thing if I were the conductor. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I also just hate children, so there's that. Okay, all right. Not to marginalize our audience. (laughs) Yeah, they need to Um, know the real us. So, at that point that we catch our first glimpse of the true heroes of this entire series, the Weasley family, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, I need to pause for just a moment and say that, one, I have such an incredible loving and supportive family and what i'm about to say in no way reflects upon them but to everybody wanted to be the weasleys okay yeah like molly is such a badass and arthur is such a fucking weirdo that like and aren't you jealous though of some people who like grew up with those families like even the neighbors on the street were like oh these were my weasleys like i was always welcome to come in the door there was always a bunch of chaos and stuff so nobody really noticed me they just loved me and appreciated me and Molly is uh, tromping down the platform ranting about muggles like maybe somewhat irresponsibly (laughs) kind of and I said I did say Molly is immediately kind I love her but then I said this moment is not crowded enough for me yeah for them to just I also find it funny that like the only indication that he has that they are wizarding family is that she says muggles a word that he learned like all of like you just said like what are, he's, he's well no for 24 hours <laughs> yeah but i had a note too that said that, that um ron had his initials on the trunk and the other kids had initials on their trunk like he did i guess that's true and they had like owls and pets and shit yeah so that would have made sense to follow but yeah i put initials on trunk so cute i want to put my initials on things jk mm-hmm. i don't want people to know who i am no that's true um, he follows them, and he watches Percy, Fred, and then George all disappear onto platform nine and three quarters. And then, fearing he might miss his chance, he lunges forward, and he asks how it works. And here we meet Ron, and I'm just all giddy about it, because <laughs> he's so 
cute, and I just I want a Ron. I didn't have a Ron. No, not really. I'm like a um, lifetime bestie. We're little. Great. Like a ride or die. I didn't have that shit until I was in college. I was gonna say, oh look at us though. Mm. We us. we met in a school situation of. <laughs> we did. Hey, I don't like that girl. Do you not like that girl? Let's be friends. <laughs> Isn't that how it started? One hundred percent. I said something under my breath about like, yeah. I swear to God, if you say one more thing, I'm gonna fucking kill you. And you turned to me and said, "We should be friends." <laughs> I hate that girl too. She should stop talking. Yeah. And here we are, fourteen years later. <laughs> Please, is it fourteen? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Dear Jesus. All right, keep talking. So. Anyway, um, Molly gives him some very basic instructions. Correct. Um, far more informative, though, than his first time using flu powder. But mm, that's another perfect. conversation for another day. Uh, a really cute moment here that I've always really appreciated is Ginny chiming in and saying, good luck. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's... I think it's more indicative of her actual personality, like the brave, forward, badass girl that Harry later dates, spoiler alert, yeah. rather than the like terrified and intimidated little weirdo that she becomes in the next couple of books. Oh, also this movie's been out 19 years. If you need a spoiler, fuck yourself. Okay. Like, that's, if you're, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast, then, if you give a fuck about spoilers. Or maybe you just want us to bash this movie before you watch it, but no, it's a great little, it's a great little scene, um... I like that, too, where she chimed in, good luck. Like, she's trying to reassure him as somebody who has never even done it before. She's like, you got this? That's cute. Yeah, and she doesn't know who he is yet. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, this family just took him in and loved him, not knowing who he was. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She's like, oh, there's this random kid by himself. Let's help him. Which (laughs) is like realistically almost any parent would do that's what i was saying about the train guy like any person would have said hey it's a child alone what do you mean you're looking for this are you confused like do you need some help but he was just straight up a dick right anyway i don't know it's a delicate balance i would imagine that they get pranked quite often sure oh it's public transportation yeah he's probably fucking just jaded yeah okay okay keep going to the next part because i'm excited so Harry, somewhat timidly, I would say, um, takes Molly's word for it also, just like believes this full out stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, yeah. Um, he takes aim and he jogs straight at the column. Column? Yeah, column actually. Separating between, uh, separating platforms nine and 10. And it envelops him and he appears in front of that scarlet red train engine with steam billowing all around. I'm, I'm sorry. I have to say this was another moment that yes. delivered like freaking dominoes. Like yeah. not sponsored, but open to it. Dominoes, sponsor us. Sure. Like as a kid, the Hogwarts Express was just, it, this was everything I wanted it to be. It was. It was very satisfying. It was very, I even wrote the fact that he's still able to be excited after I'm sure it was, was a very stressful last 48 hours. That, like it had to be a moment filled with relief. But then even when he sees a sign for Hogwarts Express, he has a smile on his face. He feels good. It's precious. Everything about this scene is precious. I love when he, he emerges on the other side and like a porter or, or, or some, a, Yes, up. I don't know what you call that. It. Kind of what was an odd moment. It's I didn't... weird, but I think that the reason it happens, okay, is we don't actually see the person's face, 
but we see a, 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 a suitcase with the Hogwarts crest on it. And it was almost oh. like, you have crossed the line. You are now in the wizarding world. Here is, like, here we are. We're not at Hogwarts yet, but, like, you are squarely where You're we're in the right place. But did you also feel like it's kind of weird, like, the way it, he, like, shifted behind him almost like he was halfway through the wall behind Harry. It was a little odd. There was an odd section there where I'm like, I'm not going to focus on this too much. Walked forward a couple of more steps and... And then been I guess I don't him. know if it would have been as effective because you probably wouldn't have noticed it. But like, hmm. Okay, good call. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Hard to say. It's a very cute little detail. Very easy to overlook. But I, I'm sorry. This scene, I still get that little tingly feeling all over. And I think I probably always will. Yeah. So we cut to the train trucking along in the English, maybe Scottish. Countryside, I guess probably English. It's a long English. way from London to Scotland. Yeah. Um, we find Harry sitting alone in a compartment, which I definitely found odd, because in basically every subsequent book that they spend any time on the Hogwarts Express, there is some kind of commentary about how it's so difficult to find an empty compartment. Okay. And so it's like, why did why was Harry immediately able to find his own compartment? <laughs> okay, and why did it take so long? Because like we kind of see it winding through the countryside, and then Ron's like, "By the way, I have nowhere to sit." I'm like, "What have you been doing? Like just wandering the whole day?" Because that just to show us the audience, like, "Oh, by the way, it's going to be through this beautiful countryside." But this is a moment that just happened. Oh, yeah, like happened the minute he got on it. I think you're absolutely right there. Okay. It's just to show us, like, oh, the train is moving. Now here's what's happened inside. And it's but pretty. Yeah. Um, like you said, Ron appears and asks if he can join. Uh, there's just this kind of uncomfortable and awkward and absolutely lovely moment that I don't really think is acting so much as two-year-old boys that are, like, shoved in, excuse me, two 11-year-old boys that are shoved in a room together. <laughs> now let me edit that one for you because I'm like, sorry. <laughs> My ears perked up. Wait. Two-year-old boys. Fun fact. Um, Ron <laughs> introduces himself and so Harry, and we have the like record scratch moment that we've been waiting for. And poor Rupert's performance at this point is just not And I actually think he's, I think he's better than Daniel Radcliffe. To begin with, he's like, I think he's a little bit more into it and a little bit better when he's younger, actually. And I feel like as the series goes on, he kind of fades out as a presence. I guess. I feel like this whole next scene that's coming up is so overacted. But yeah. It's not their fault. No. Like kids, it's not their fault that it's as overacted as it is. But like this yeah. moment of <laughs> when Ron asks if Harry really has a. Uh, 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 I love that it feels like the equivalent of asking an ex-con about what they did time for. Like, why? Did you really uh, uh, kill that girl? Yeah, it's odd. I mean, I suppose it's a rather traumatic experience that Ron's asking about, but it's, I don't know, like, like we just said, it's overkill. And... I appreciate the juxtaposition of how blithely Harry shows it to him. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's right here. Yeah, that felt a little weird, too. He's like, oh, yeah, I could prove it to you. Like, it, it was odd. I did write, too. I said, here's a book, bitch. I said, I would have kind of liked the back intro of Ron Weasley and the twins. Because remember, he struggles to get his 
his trunk onto the train or something, and the twins come and help, or they help him, like, hoist it up into the carrier, and then they hop back down on the platform and talk to their mom, and they say, oh, by the way, do you know who this is? Because I think Harry, like, is sweaty and pulls his hair out of his way, and so you see the scar, and so they explain to their mom, we just saw Harry Potter on the train, and then Ron ends up going, hey, I don't have anywhere to sit, can I sit with you? Then Then he nervously asks, do you is this, are you really that guy? Do you have that scar? Kind of like he thought his brothers were lying. Like that was a cool kind of intro scene that we could have kind of easily done, but I guess it was just a, nah, it's easier just to have the two boys have this conversation than involve four or five people. I feel like I get why they did it. You know, it's the kickoff of their friendship. Yeah. It's still a sweet moment. It feel like more organic than, you know, Ron was influenced by his brother's. But I do appreciate the moment in the book where you know, Fred and George mention that and Ginny gets really excited and says, yes. like, oh, mom, can I please go see him? I want to go see him, yeah. And Molly's like... <laughs> like He's not an animal in a zoo. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote this. I wrote, um, I would have kind of liked that book intro from Ron Weasley and the Twins, but I'm so happy for this friendship to form. Absolutely. It's yeah. precious. I feel like they do move past this really quickly, too. Correct. I, and if it were me personally, I'm pretty sure I'd be grilling Harry about everything I'd ever heard about him. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, and they kind of make it like it's an almost known fact in the movie. Of like, do you have the scar? Like, we don't know really as an audience that the scar is that important yet. Right. Like, I think if, okay, you know what would have been a cool tie-in? Is if at the pub, they saw his scar and said, oh my god, is that Harry Potter? Like, or if fucking Hermione even saw the scar and said, oh my god, is that Harry Potter? Like, that would have been an identifying feature that made it easy for everybody to go, oh yeah, that could be the boy who lived. He's the only boy we know of about this age that has that scar. That would have been a cool tie-in, because then we would have known easily, you know, scar equals Harry Potter. So instead for it to be like... We really don't know that it's that We don't focus on it. So for, for Ron to randomly ask, do you have the scar that no one has mentioned in the last 34 minutes? Well, and even still, like, why is that the one thing that was released, like, 11 years ago? Like, mm. Voldemort tried to kill him. Was that in the paper? Like, I was going to say, was that in the Daily Prophet? left with a scar? Like, if there were something that was such a strong identifying feature, wouldn't? Dumbledore have done everything he could to cover that up and be like, you know, what if Voldemort's supporters tried to seek him out and were like, oh, we're looking for an infant with a lightning bolt shaped scar. Hmm. Why would they make that public knowledge? That That's potentially like a death sentence for him. I was going to say, it's kind of like those details in true crime where they're like, they didn't release this part to the public. <laughs> they didn't let the public know that this is how the person died. They just said that this person died. Right, which is... It is a... It's a... Okay, that's weird. Anyway, it's but I did... It's a weird thing that everybody knows. Are you going to talk about the candy? I'm going to talk about the candy. Okay, cool. First of all, yes, Trolley Witch. Oh. She's perfect. She's perfect. Did we ever see her again? Yes. Yes? Yes, fourth year um, with the Cho Chang flirt. Yes. She okay. asks for two pumpkin pasties. So I actually have a book bitch in this moment. It's okay. sort of an inverted book bitch, if you will. Um, okay. But I really, really dislike what 
the eighth book, <laughs> quote unquote eighth book, does to my girl, the trolley witch. Listen, I know we don't speak about it. We're not ever going to talk about it. It's not ever going to be a part of this podcast. But because frankly, I reject it as canon. Yes. But I don't think anything else in that publication bothered me so much as when she like turns into a demon <gasps> to try and prevent students from leaving the train. It, what? <laughs> like what the fuck why is that a thing no i'm gonna pretend you never even said those words okay so yeah. my sweet baby anyway. grandma comes by sweet and we're gonna grandma. leave it there <laughs> um this is probably the first real indication that we have of ron's socioeconomic status mm. that's at least like glaring us in the face um yeah and it's cute because you can tell he's ashamed but he's also trying to play it off like he's he's good to go like i i'm all set but he and swallows and looks at it kind of like, man. <laughs> and I appreciate that it's also kind of our first indication of Harry's empathy. That yes. he, like, immediately pulls out this pocket full of coins to spend on, like, the first person that's ever treated him. With like, kindness. Besides Hagrid, yeah. But also, like, slow your rolls, Addy. Like, you just met this boy. <laughs> I really oh. appreciate, like, Ron's. <laughs> reaction to <laughs> whoa yeah, daddy i got myself a sugar daddy in my first 20 minutes on the hogwarts express hey, I, am ready to go. <laughs> I did write no i said what i like about this moment besides the friendship forming i said they actually he's across from harry at first and the next scene he's sitting next to him yes. and i said the next scene they're just two kids enjoying a shitload of sugar <laughs> Fresh. That sweet, innocent little moment of just like, oh, now we're together. Now we can bond because we have, food. which is like back to like we talked about to our Midwest. Like, this is how we show our love. Like, I fed you. <laughs> <laughs> I give this you is... food and now we're friends. Now we are friends and I love you. Okay. So we cut to the boys gorging on a mountain mm -hmm. of candy that Harry bought. What's up, Daddy? Um, and here we get our first glimpse of Scabbers sitting on Ron's lap with his head in a candy box. And like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to criticize anybody's like weird connection to their animals, but I cannot get on board with the pet rat. Like, I, and one that looks like that. <laughs> it makes me shudder. Like I had a roommate in college that had a pet ferret and I mm -mm. cannot tell you how much I loathed that tiny creature. They, there's just some things that kind of freak me out. Unless you're, like, used to being around that or unless you find that endearing, it freaks me out. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with I'm, you. I'm spooked by it. I'm not here to yuck anybody's yums, but, like, right. live your dreams, teach their own. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Ron is giving Harry the lowdown on the <laughs> slash torture. Disgusting. Candy that can be found in the Wizarding World, but like, can we pause to ask ourselves why this was ever a thing? Like, what sick fuck is sitting in a basement somewhere being like, hmm, I think I'll make this taste like boogers? Like, why is that a thing? He like was really close to retirement, and they wouldn't let him retire. They're like, no, keep making flavors for the every flavor beans. He's like, you know what? Fuck you, then. I'm gonna make a tripe. I'm gonna make a liver. I'm make a spinach. I'm make a bogey flavored one. Hmm. Anyway, but I like so that moment. Harry opens up a chocolate frog. Ron assures him that it's not a real frog. It's just a spell. Um, but then we get our first little glimpse of my main man, Dumbledore. Yes, I realize this is the 12th time I've said first glimpse of. <laughs> but, like, Have first you? movie, what do we expect? 
Whenever we can say it as much as we want to. Uh, yeah. I'm an out-of-control teen. I can do what I want. Um, we see Dumbledore vanish from the photo and then get a proper little introduction to Scabbers as Ron decides to try to turn him yellow. And, of course, then the queen herself enters our first Maybe. introduction to Hermione. And I just need to take another moment to pause and acknowledge how lucky we are that this bad bitch entered our lives like she was already acting at at this point like i'm pretty sure like she was already a little actress maybe not but i know that she was in other things as a kid actor but we love love emma glorious of course specifically about Hermione I know it's said again and again and again and again and again whatever in the series that she's the brightest witch of her age but I don't think we ever like actually get a full acknowledgement or recognition of how fucking incredible she is like she does things in her first couple of years at Hogwarts that most fully qualified witches and wizards witches and wizards will literally never experience correct like, um, she's a baller. We stand forever. Period. Of course, I did write. I said back to real quick the chocolate frog cards. So you know what would have been cool is if the card had just been flipped over real quick, just to show that there was writing on the back of that card. So then later we could see that this is where Harry first initially saw the information about the Sorcerer's Stone. But that Nicholas Flamel. In the movie. And it's not. That's why I said they go. So I guess it wouldn't have mattered because they didn't go that route. I said, but whatever. I said, um, I did like Ron <laughs> mocking Hermione with his eyebrows as she's talking initially. I said, but then she quickly gains respect by fixing Harry's glasses. So I went into a little bit more detail in this moment because I love the Queen of Shade here. Okay. Like she, she comes in, she reveals she's trying to help poor Neville. She's a good person. This like lovely overacting sigh where she like looks in the door and goes, <sighs> And then explain what's, what's going on. It's like, girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> work. Uh, she notices that Ron is about to try a spell. And, like, Loki, not Loki, calls him out. And is like, let's see it then. And immediately after it fails, she claps back with, are you sure that's a real spell? Well, it's not very good, is it? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> my God. Big dick energy if I ever saw it. And, like, you just said, Ron's what the fuck look here is fucking priceless like, <laughs> he's like who this bitch like, who this bitch who is this is she trying to come out come up in here and be like no uh, hilarious but then and wait just... she turns around and goes hey your glasses have been broken for fucking ever Whoop, exactly. I think she so. just like invites herself in sits down and pulls out her wand and is yeah. like <laughs> right let me show you how to actually do it god love her wow um she says right before this this was something that i picked up on that I was kind of like, what the fuck? Um, she says right before it that she's tried a few simple spells and they've all worked for her. But like, how is she not getting in trouble with the ministry if she's trying spells at home? Oh, I good guess point. it never says specifically that it's at home. I guess she could have done them on the Hogwarts Express. But like, that, that seems like a weird moment to me. Maybe it's not until they're actually admitted to school and acknowledged as a wizard or witch. Maybe they're not tracked until then. Just like um, 
what do they what do we call it obscurises like um in yeah. fantastic beasts like they're not acknowledged because they're suppressing their magic and i guess like there are all those instances of harry unintentionally performing magic performing magic that yeah. he never heard from the ministry prior to that so that, that that was always strange to me but that makes sense now that you said that i did also write i said i'm not sure if i've never no ever noticed that the hogwarts crest is on hermione's necktie yeah okay the because the costuming in the first two movies was badass and after yes. that they're just like fuck it they get the idea thank Don't you get me started on that that's one of my biggest okay. pet peeves right, about the films keep going so when they arrive um, at at hogsmeade well, <laughs> I'm actually still stuck on the glasses because Harry takes his glasses off and this was the first time that I noticed and I probably should have realized it before this but it's the first time that already his eyes are blue like and I know there's the whole story about like the color contacts that he was wearing like bothering his eyes and making them red so they couldn't do that and then they were gonna edit it in post and they're like oh no that's way too expensive to follow literally the main character through every fucking scene and change his eye color we cannot pay somebody to do that they could multi, turn out nowadays. But. I was going to say multi-billion dollar industry, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think I ever realized that they gave up so early on. <laughs> like we're 40 minutes into the first movie and we're like, all right, this defining characteristic, like nearly as referenced in the books as is Scar. Like probably mm -hmm. refer referenced almost as frequently as his Scar is, are his green eyes that are just like lilies like like we talked about the dursleys being blonde right like yeah and and we're gonna just let we're just okay yep we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let that go um yeah. hermione somehow like immediately works out who he is but <laughs> because of like course she does. Yeah. um and then introduces herself and this next we get the first instance <laughs> i know another first uh there will be more um of somebody looking down their nose at Ron after meeting Harry. And it happens disturbingly often throughout the series, and it always really got to me. I don't know, probably because I come from humble beginnings, and I I was always the Ron. I still, I'm still always the Ron. Please, like, yeah, of course. We all are. like, and you are? And like, mm. well, fuck you, bitch. Like, <laughs> I was here first. Who are you? Anyway, I digress. Um... What Hermione do you think takes this little directorial role. Oh, where she says, and you are. Right. Well, and then immediately after gives them instructions. And it's like, you should get changed soon. I expect we'll be arriving soon. Like, what? She's I, very motherly already. She's like, yeah. you should, I'm in charge. You should do what I say. I also just wish I had her confidence at 11 years old. Like, oh, sure. I was that much of a know-it-all, but I definitely made, never made that outwardly apparent. Because, like, small town Midwest... I was like, uh, it was not cool for a boy to be smart. Like, a boy was supposed to be athletic and, like, super into hunting. But, like, for me to be as smart as I was was kind no, of no, weird. No. Yeah. Um, it's cute. She dismisses herself. And then on the way out, she just cannot resist, like, turning back and getting one more dig in and pointing out that Ron has dirt on his face. <laughs> I don't know what's a dig. It's just her trying to control everything. She's like, by the way, you have this. Could you clean this? It's bothering me. <laughs> like, I get her, actually. Yeah, I get her. So the Hogwarts Express pulls into the Hogsmeade station, and there's Hagrid walking down the platform to greet the first years. My and note like, is Hagrid lumbering up to the train I love, though. I, I said love I love... Because he's 
first of all, like we said, how did he get there? But <laughs> he does, he's in charge of guiding these poor little kids in, which is maybe not great, but I said that I love even more that um, Harry Potter feels good, that he knows someone. Like his little smiley face when he's like, hi, Hagrid. I'm like, oh, you're so cute, but I love you. <laughs> but like, why Hagrid? Like, why is the gamekeeper in charge of the most vulnerable population? Like, we'll send him after the first years. Like, he won't terrify them in any way. Also, I mean, I guess, is he just in charge of getting everyone up to the castle? Like, he'll have had to wrangle the thestrals for the carriages. Like, I, <laughs> That's true. They're like, okay, and also bring these little punk-ass kids. Thanks. Love you. Right. Like, why? Why? Yeah. I do love this detail that, like, the first years are brought across the lake in boats. It's so all caps for me. I wrote, boats to castle. Boats, <laughs> said, boats, boats. I wrote, how fucking tits and motherfucking iconic. <laughs> I was so Absolutely. happy. They're just, like, puttering their little way across the black lake. Yeah. The camera pans up, and... Spoiler alert, another first. Um the moment we've all actually been waiting for our first look at Hogwarts Castle and once again Christopher Columbus the creative team whatever everybody for the first film fucking delivered this moment loved loved felt good about it so um I I still want to cry there's so much all the crying yes Um, I I don't even care that the castle literally changes in every movie somehow it's an entirely different castle thank you this moment will like forever be cemented into my memory bank as a manifestation of everything i wanted to be real and visceral in this world like the kids reactions are wow yeah exactly what like everybody in theater was doing 20 years ago like yes also, why is Ron's favorite word wicked? Like, he says that again. Wicked. Like, he does. And who says brilliant? Oh, uh, Harry says brilliant a lot. I feel like there's some, like, I feel like, and maybe I'm completely out of whack here, but I feel like this was kind of our introduction into British sayings a little bit. Like, this is the biggest popularized American movie. Like, not American movie, but, like, a movie that was brought to America that had British terms. I don't know. I don't know if kids had, like, a huge British introduction before these movies. Think about it. Like, what other series was set in Britain that kids knew about? I think of Wicked more as a Boston exclamation than a British well, one, but... but what about Brilliant? Brilliant, yeah. And they did kind of tone down a lot of British, British phrases, oh, I believe. Boy. Because they wanted to appeal to a larger audience. But anyway, fuck America. Boats to castle. Uh, we got to the first years Ooh. climbing flights of stairs as the goddess herself, Dame Maggie Smith, McGonagall, uh, awaits them in somewhat of an impatient fashion. Like, yes, I wrote she taps her fingers impatiently. Minerva, calm down. Like, yeah, girl. You're used uh, to this. This is your job explains that they will be sorted into their houses gryffindor hufflepuff ravenclaw and slytherin which house are you in do i know this about you i don't know if i've checked in a long time it's usually gryffindor okay is that like a official or did you assign that yourself i'm a leo so it's just usually what it ends up being like i'm loud and do you feel like it's part of your identity 
I feel like most of the time I'm a Hufflepuff. I want everybody to be happy around me. But if I'm going to fight for something, oh, I'm going to fight for something. So, yeah, Gryffindor, I think, is more what I identify with. I could see that split for you, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, what you at? You're Ravenclaw. I'm Ravenclaw. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's like, hardcore. Like, I... You're very intellectual. You like to be right, which, as we've proven in our prior episodes, you motherfucker, and your goddamn <laughs> accurate right, fucking remembrance. Like, appreciate the pursuit of knowledge, Study. and I, I like yeah. the other qualities that are enveloped there. It's you know, it's wisdom, it's wit, creativity, uh, originality, like all of these things that I really, really value. And it's funny because when I was visiting my family last month, we got on the subject of Harry Potter houses. And of course, none of the rest of my family is sorted. Like my mom's a, a fan like I am, but she was only ever into it because her kid was into it. Like, um, so it's not like she's gonna go like in her free time and get sorted on Pottermore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of did like a brief assessment of my entire family. And I realized that my mom is a Gryffindor absolutely yes and my dad is a hufflepuff yes and it's so funny to me that a gryffindor and a hufflepuff produced a ravenclaw like i guess it's not like unheard of but in the books we see so frequently that families fall inside the same correct yeah and i was like yeah no i'm neither of those things i am definitely as stubborn as a gryffindor but i don't have that as I said, I did love the camera shot overhead of the first years filing in as Minerva McGonagall taps her fingers impatiently. Like, why is she impatient? Like, <laughs> yeah, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what's happening. Like, girl, could we just let them live? Like, come on. Dear babies. But it's also like McGonagall. Would we really expect anything else? Correct. Yep. Um, she explains that your house is your family. And your behavior will be reflected upon your house. But, like, why was it important that Neville find his toad in this fucking moment? At that moment. I don't know. I feel like it was almost like an unresolved thing from the train where she says, A boy named Neville said he's lost his toad. But, like, it could have been, like, on the boats and all of a sudden, like, a quick shot of Neville going, Oh, shit, here's my fucking toad on this boat. We could have been done. Why do we even fucking care that he found his toad? I don't care. Do we reference a toad ever again in these movies? Literally never. Thank you. So, Stupid. didn't need it. Uh-huh. Of all the shit that landed on the cutting room floor, like, didn't. that had to be there. Nope. So, McGonagall leaves them on the stairs, and we get to meet Mr. Malfoy in all his privilege and arrogance. He kind of has this moment where he outs Harry for who he is. I mean, not that... Yes! Not that he wouldn't have been, like, outed as soon as the sorting ceremony started but still it's very obnoxious that he like steps up and is like so guess who's here i don't know it's weird he launches into this little speech about how he can help harry make the right friends etc and and really and this is here we go we get the second occurrence in the same episode of someone looking down their nose at ron after meeting harry yeah not cool. Yeah, Ron already starts, like, underfoot, doesn't he? He already starts as, like, a second-class citizen of, like, oh, here we go, a fucking Weasley. And then, actually, it becomes worse in the next scene 
when they talk about the fucking sorting hat, they're like, another Weasley. I'm like, god damn, this kid's, like, already... But again, I guess that is kind of a comment on, like, social status of, like, you're followed by your name and your siblings and people that precede you. Absolutely. Well, and especially the pureblood families. Mm, you know, good call. 13 pureblood families? I literally mm. pulled that number out of the air. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know enough to correct you. So, yeah, there's, like, not a ton left. But, like, they should be kind of respected. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a shitty detail of this poor fucking kid already starts out kind of underfoot. But then kind of Harry, I guess it is for the contrast of Harry starts out so high with nobody really around him for the last 10 years. And then poor little, yeah. It is to kind of set that up, I think. I mean, the Potter name is already revered in the wizarding community for Correct. the contributions of his great great whatever great grandfather uh to potion making by the way i was wrong it is 28 pure blood families the sacred damn look at you. um but and so like of course both of them and all three of them will rope malfoy into that are going to have baggage just based on their name yeah um but it's i don't know it's a weird moment and it's it's not cool. I don't like that immediately. Like, I did write. <laughs> I wrote Draco was a dick, but Harry finally comes up with a personality! Ex- exclamation point. Like I was happy that Harry finally was like, mm, no, this is how I feel, and fuck you. Like yeah, that was a cool finally. Like oh god, because this kid so far has just been like reacting to what's happening to him around him. Like he just kind of been like, oh yeah, what my parents died. Oh I think you know. Oh god. like he doesn't really have a like sense of self yet until this moment of right. and it's you know it's a true indicator of a gryffindor you know mm. you immediately made that choice mm. of like i'm gonna stand up for the little guy also i think he's the good sort i think you're a fucking dick yeah good for him and you know we could have an extensive conversation about why the weasleys are in the financial situation they're in and why they are oh i'm sure we will second class citizens and i'm sure that we will Oh yeah, um, but it has also been very well explored. YouTube it. There are some oh. really, there's some really incredibly uh, incredible commentary on that whole situation. Did not. Um, McGonagall okay. reappears and gets Malfoy to step off. We're ready for you now. Follow me, she says cryptically. Like, what? Can nobody explain to these children what's going on? Like, come on. They no. follow her into the Great Hall, and that, my friends, is where we leave off for today. Love that. So very many firsts, but God, mm. they did just so many things right in this movie. And yeah. it, like, it paved the way for all the subsequent directors to just do whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah. Hey, we built a base for you. Go where the fuck you want. Yeah. yeah. We hooked all of these people that are obsessed with the books by adhering to <laughs> canon. Uh, now you guys do whatever the hell you want to do. Now you destroy everything they loved. Go. <laughs> Great. Solid. So speaking of, so what's what are some things that you loved in these in these few minutes? Will forever and always adore that first glimpse of Hogwarts. Mm. That is ecstasy, heroin, porn, whatever your drug of choice is. That right there is everything I will ever need. Okay. Um, something I love too is just the like immediate kindness of the Weasleys guiding him into like here literally we're bringing you into the magical world like 
Hagrid did too. Hagrid had, had tap, 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 walk us into. But they said, here, here's how you get into the magical world of getting to the Hogwarts Express. And they do that for him, and they meet him there. So yeah, I love the Weasleys and how welcoming they are. I said, however, I did have a couple book bitches about this. I guess, like, we can't hate on this movie sometimes because it does try really hard to stay close to the books. However, it so, succeeds. And it does, but I did write, Hagrid finds Trevor after boat ride. <laughs> and I wrote, Hagrid delivers them to McGonagall. He says, here's the first year's McGonagall. I'm like, cool. Like, that would have taken all of what to put in? Like, come on now. <laughs> it would have made more sense than them just, like, wandering up a staircase. Yeah, they got to file in. Yeah. What was but your... He uh... them off of the docks and was like, start climbing. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Get off their motherfuckers. Yeah. What was your not like um, from these 10 minutes or your... Uh... Uh, I mean, I, truthfully, there's not a lot. I, I really, really thoroughly enjoy all the scenes that we have encompassed here. But if I had to choose something, I gotta say, I think that I'm gonna go back <laughs> to my very first book bitch about how August just doesn't exist. <laughs> that whole missing month. <laughs> Like, we're just going to skip right from July 31st <laughs> to September 1st. It's totally fine. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, especially when you consider, like, I don't know if in the third movie they do this, but I know the third book for sure. We can buy the second book. He talks about how he crosses off dates on a calendar. Yes. So it's, it's made pretty evident. I don't know if it's actually, like, physically in a movie. But they make it obvious that, like, yeah, September 1st is it. That is the date. But don't worry about the first movie. <laughs> They really never acknowledge. He that just hung out with Hagrid for a month. Time. Yeah. Uh, because and and they're not particular about what the date is on his birthday either. I guess it might be on Dudley's watch when we see it. Oh, that's a good point. But I don't think outside of that we really acknowledge that we're going from July thirty first and then the train leaves on September first. True. I don't know. What about you? What was your? Uh, your not so favorite. Already said it. I said I didn't like that Hagrid found Trevor after the boat ride. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> we love that. We love that moment. So like ultimately a very successful ten minutes. Yeah. We love. We Pretty happy. Glorious humans. Wizards, pardon me. Like God. Where did that month go? <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that. And again, just to kind of like drop out of this kid's life. Like, hey, just guide you through all this shit about the wizarding world. Bye now. Bye. Bye now. You're going to leave an 11-year-old with a very, very easily identified birthmark. Not birthmark. Apparently. Physical mark. Um, you know, if anybody wants to kidnap him, it's fine. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I am going to Google this. I have... Uh, fucking Dudley's watch pulled up. Oh, they're telling me I can buy it. I don't want to buy it. I don't want to buy it. I really don't want to buy it. I just would like to see it. Uh, no. And then those are some bullshit watches you can buy. Um, what I can see is no. It's just the time. That it just rolls over to midnight? Correct. Yeah, it says 11.59 and 59 seconds. That's all it says. 
And an Adidas symbol, apparently. I do really appreciate this, like, somewhat subtle reference to the witching hour. Like, the witching hour is midnight. Mm. He first discovers that he is a wizard. Yeah. That's a cute little detail. Yeah. That would have been good for, you know, three episodes ago. <laughs> we do what we can, okay? We're not a perfect goddamn podcast. We're just two assholes chit-chatting bi-coastally about some garbage. All right, with that said, I love you. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, pause real quick. Black Lake? That's what it's called, isn't it? Isn't it? I feel like you're right, but also I think I've never noticed that. Do you think they named it after the Black family? Ooh. Do you think the Black family maybe owned the fucking land that Hogwarts was goddamn built on? I've never caught that, but I'm pretty positive you're right. It is the Black Lake. I'm Googling it now. Please do. Because ho shit. Yeah, the Great Lake, alternatively known as the Black Lake. No body of water, shit. Freshwater and landlocked. Literally the- never caught that before. Interesting. I guess I'd, I I was going to almost correct you and go, I'm sorry, Black Lake? I thought it was called Great Lake, but you're right. I think it's called both, which would be a really big... I'm really getting tired and drunk, so we got to hustle along because you can hear my accent. Here we go.